0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller here with fellow Regional Master Instructor and Miss Wendy Batts, my dear friend. How are you doing today? I am so good. How are you? Oh, just loving life. I'm excited for this topic because we just kind of crushed the subsystems as a major topic and then we just keep knocking off one at a time. And today we're going to talk about the lateral subsystem.
1: The lateral subsystem. So yes, if you guys missed any of our previous... Uh, master instructor roundtables, which we know you would never want to do. Um, as Marty said, we went through all four and we kind of briefly discussed it, but then we got some follow-up questions that we thought were phenomenal questions. So we do really, really appreciate you guys reaching out to us, asking questions. And if you want us to go into more detail like you did with the lateral or with the subsystems, then please let us know. But um, last time we talked about the deep longitudinal subsystems. And as Marty said, today, we're going to emphasize the lateral subsystem. So if, you know, there's questions, uh, further questions, then definitely contact us and let us know. But we're going to do our best to hopefully clarify any confusion <laughs> that there may be regarding this specific one. But I do also want to reiterate that all four of them do work together. And so as we're breaking these up into sections, they're, they're, that's part of the kinetic chain. You know, think about how everything is interconnected. Same thing with these subsystems. They really do work hand in hand. So so it is hard for us to talk specifically about one without integrating it with others. However, we're going to try our best.
0: Yes, we will. I'm, I'm confident we'll do it. So as we go through it, let's first kind of maybe what we're going to talk about today is we're going to discuss the lateral subsystem. We'll have to define what that is and what makes it up. And then where the rubber meets the road, we'll talk about specific integration exercises that could target the lateral subsystem. If you're finding that that is where your client needs to work and, or maybe that day you're focusing on a different plane of motion, at least you'll know how to target that lateral subsystem properly.
1: Yes. And everyone says, what do you think about the lateral subsystem? And my answer is we need it.
0: Yes. We'd be (laughs) in trouble if we didn't have it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about it. So if we look at the next slide, we're going to think, all right, what is it that makes up the lateral subsystem? And we've got the glute medius, the TFL and the adductor magnus specifically on one side. So when we talk about the ipsilateral side, we're talking about the one side of the body working contralaterally with the QL or the quadratus lumborum on the other side. And so those work together. So when we do different types of exercises, You're going to notice that Marty and I, especially when we design programs, when we're in workshops, we always talk about maybe doing opposite arm, opposite leg. You'll notice that in bird dogs or the opposite arm, opposite leg exercises that we do. Um, Same thing when we do like a single leg squat to row, we're standing on one leg and we're rowing with the opposing arm or the opposite arm because we move that way in life. you know especially when we're thinking about the different planes of motion it's important to really think about you want to train certain ways but when we're talking specifically about the lateral subsystem especially in the frontal plane you're going to start to see the importance of that
0: yeah and i think just from a frame of reference you know wendy and i might throw these terms around very quickly if we say ipsilateral that's the same side of the body if we talk about contralateral we're talking about the opposite sides of the body and again this has been in your textbooks and But sometimes it's, you know, things you memorize to pass the exam, and then you don't really use those terms after that. So it's very important to understand ipsilateral versus contralateral. And the lateral subsystem is very important for that because you're going to see certain muscles on the ipsilateral side and how they work with muscles on the contralateral side. And, you know, when you look at human movement, we do things contralaterally very frequently. For example, if I want to pick up something on the ground, I probably would Want to pick it up with my dominant right arm, so I'm probably going to load the majority of my weight on my left leg. If I I've done martial arts for you, if I want to throw my right hand, I'm going to put a lot of weight into my left leg. If I'm going to jump to do a layup, if I'm going to do my right arm, I'm going to jump off my left leg primarily. So, this is why understanding human movement and these subsystems are important. And also, when you start to see people who are dominant, and if they've been dominant in one activity their whole life, there are athletes that do things contralaterally all the time. So they're equal. Like I played lacrosse in college. Boy, was that a fun experience learning that sport in college, but they were very gifted at using both their right and left hand to throw. I was not very gifted because (laughs) being a baseball player, I was very good with my right being my dominant arm, but I had spent my entire youth playing a sport that didn't force me to do that contralateral uh, movement. So again, this is where human movement is so much fun and so much uh, you know, to, to look and dive into it and understand people's patterning. But then you have to be able to peel that back through the overhead squat, through movement dysfunction, and then start to look at subsystems because you'll find people who do a certain job for 25 to 40 years or a certain sport where they are very dominant in certain movement patterns But then all of a sudden you put them in a new environment and they completely fall apart.
1: And that is a that is such an important point, because, again, you know, I've worked a lot with with pro athletes just like you, Marty. And, you know, baseball pitchers is a huge one. Um, And even basketball players, I mean, even though they they have to dribble different directions, they always have that one side or their layup and they're doing it with obviously, like you said, their dominant side. So when I get them into the training room and we're doing like a phase one workout because it's off season, I'm gonna realign their body. We're gonna work on the weaker muscles and to just to realign everything. So therefore they're gonna be able to perform at a higher level and reduce injury. It's amazing how uncoordinated, and I'm the same way. I'm left-handed, so Marty, maybe together, we would make a great pair because we'd use your right side and my left side. Um, but if you think about it, too, the coordination for me, I know, personally, when I do anything with my right arm, I'm like, what is happening? Because it's like, I know how to do it. But it doesn't, it's just so second nature right. for me to do things with my left hand, just because I always do it. When I bring my right hand into play, I'm like, hmm, I actually have to think about it. And it's very interesting when I put it into a program, how it's not just me that that has those same experiences. It's actually people at a really high level that also has difficulty strengthening yeah. their opposing side.
0: It's funny you mentioned this. This has nothing to do with the subsystem, but you maybe think about it. Of course, Wendy, and again, this is an inside joke that some of you may know if you've been around long enough. But shockingly today, Wendy, I was brushing my teeth and I had to switch to my left hand and I was like, this is horrific. Like I, like God forbid if I ever had to have surgery on my right side or something like that, even though it was an electric toothbrush, I probably I was going to choke myself, but you know, I'm like, wait a minute, this shouldn't be that difficult. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I um, had a harsh reminder of that today.
1: Yes. And if you have listened to us in the past, you'll know that Marty brushes his teeth like 80 times a day. So just that, you know, maybe that's going to be his new thing to, uh, you know, make that uh, his, his goal in 2022, learn how to brush your teeth with the opposite. You
0: know what? I better do it. God forbid, if anything ever happens to this over here, I'm going to be in a ton of trouble. So I might be, I would be,
1: I can, I can't even feed myself with my right arm. Like, I'm, I mean, it's just, I'm telling you, it's just there for looks um, I was a server and a bartender, so I can hold things on it, but when I have to put it into specific movements, it's not a pretty sight. You know, if I throw a ball, like I play with my little one and I'll sometimes throw a ball just to pick it up and throw it back and, and it's it's just it's terrible. Y'all it looks it like T Rex throwing
0: a ball telling you. Type of thing. <laughs> it what? looks like a T-Rex throwing the ball. Yeah,
1: it's I'm like, what what was that? Like it's it's really not good. So Those of you guys that are just joining Marty and I, we aren't talking about just how uncoordinated we are. Today we are talking about the lateral subsystem and how important it is. And we then just identified the different muscles that truly make up the lateral subsystem. And now we're gonna dig in a little bit deeper. So if you you wanna go to the next slide, we can look at basically when I said the frontal plane activity, we're thinking about when we talk about the frontal plane, remember there's three planes of motion, three planes of motion. So we have forward and back, which is sagittal, sagittal. side to side, which is frontal. Now you got me all thinking about my my opposite arm. I'm like, what is this doing? (laughs) Um, And then transverse, which is rotational. So here the lateral subsystem really controls more of the frontal plane as well as the femoral stability. So what's happening at the lumbopelvic hip complex throughout it. And as Marty nicely talked about the ipsilateral. So again, when we're talking about the same side, And I said this earlier, the glute medius, TFL, and adductors combine with the opposite side, QL, so the quadratus lumborum, and that helps control what the pelvis is doing and the femur. So when you're doing things such as, you know, walking, running, stair climbing, anything like that, where it's opposite arm, opposite leg, then your lateral subsystem is going to be very important, not just going sideways, but in all planes. Because remember, every movement, all three planes will play a role in some fashion it's just one is going to be definitely the 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 one that sticks out your primary uh, plane of motion if you will and so that's why when we talk about all this stuff it's important to think about the regional interdependence model because again what's happening at the foot can affect everything up the kinetic chain to the especially the opposite shoulder so what you're doing on your left foot can really um, you can have some issues in your right shoulder just because of lack of range of motion in the ankle or when you're planning your foot down it, it really can have a, a negative impact if there's the, dysfunction in any of the joints along the way
0: i could swear we just did a master instructor round table not too long ago about the foot and ankle i'm just it, saying it like just, it just seems like we just did it just saying it's the important to no. know. Check them out. Check them out. We got them. It's amazing how this all ties together. I know. But, um, yeah, Maybe there's some strategy. I don't know. <sighs> or random luck. Either way. So perfect. So no, it's random fit, that.
1: not random luck, random fit.
0: Oh, that's right. That's the other one. That's right. <laughs> so shameless plug there. I like it. There so you go. as we move forward, we'll keep talking here about the, the primary function. in If you need to know more about that regional independence model and or what goes on the foot and ankle, Wendy and I just did a master instructor roundtable focused primarily on foot and ankle dysfunction and gave some corrective strategies. So go back to NASM's YouTube channel, check that one out, and that leads very nicely into the one that we're doing today. So depending on your experiences. But when we look at dysfunction of the lateral subsystem, it can start on the ground. The ground is very, very important. And that subtalar joint, the pronation, that's that neutral positioning of the foot and ankle. What your body does in reacting with the ground or ground force reaction will absolutely drive through the uh, kinetic chain. And Wendy and I both dealt with uh, high-level athletes that have to develop power. It starts with what goes on at the foot and ankle, then moves up through the kinetic chain. So if you are having poor motion at the foot and ankle and you go into a – Kinetic chain dysfunction. You go into a foot flattening. There's increased tibial uh, internal rotation, adduction, and now that lateral subsystem isn't stabilizing. And even if it tries to stabilize, the length tension relationships of those muscles that Wendy mentioned are not going to be in an ideal position, so they're not going to function. And now you're going to have a uh, disruption of your movement and or power or strength, depending what you're trying to accomplish, all the way to whatever, you know, I've had it, uh, where it comes out as a, uh, shoulder issue, elbow issue, et cetera. So at the top of the kinetic chain of the regional independence model, the low back follows the rest of the leg and that unwanted frontal plane movement will be decreased strength and decreased neural muscular control in the lum- uh, lateral subsystem. So, like I said, it's all about what starts at the foot and ankle and drives up through the upper extremities.
1: Yes. And Marty, I know we had a question, and I, because you know when we did the foot and ankle before, one of the questions that we we got. So I'm just going to go ahead and and give it to you again in case you know they missed it and now they're listening again. So thanks for the question. But can you go into more detail because you said you had um, you know eversion, and mm-hmm. I said the foot flattening, and there was some cute confusion about like is that the same thing or not? So can you just briefly talk about what you had when we were talking about the the, the arches
0: falling? Sure. So again, you know, uh, if I was could show you, you know, we're all visual learners. So I'll try to explain it verbally and, you know, show with, with I can with my hand as much as possible, is when our arch is neutral, okay? Let's assume that our foot is straight, right? So po- toes pointed straight ahead. If you're looking at a posterior view, the calcaneus is that heel bone. The Achilles tendon should be straight, okay? So straight up and down. Depending on if I'm looking at the right foot or the left foot, if the calcaneuses move out, Of course, the arch is going to naturally roll towards the ground. But if you look at somebody's foot from kind of a 45-degree angle, 45-degree angle, not ankle, 45-degree angle, you'll see that sometimes they still have an arch, but they are calcaneous, everted. A lot of times we say, oh, their foot flattened. Well, did it really flatten or did they just go into eversion? Sometimes you'll see both. But what I tend to do quickly is I might look at them in a a non-weight bearing position, like having them sit off the edge of a bench or a massage table. And when they, when you look at their foot, if they have an arch and it's there, if they do put their foot on the ground, it flattens out. That's what we call a functional flat foot. That means the primarily the posterior tibialis is weak because as the posterior tibialis comes under the foot, it has seven attachments to the bottom of the foot and helps raise your three arches from a muscular standpoint any of the arches that you look in your foot are not strong enough to bear weight without muscular contraction. But sometimes what you'll see, and I'm a perfect example, the arch in my foot never leaves, but what happens is my perineals, my, I still call them the perineal muscles, peroneus, longus, and brevis, they are overactive. So they're on the outside of my calf. So they pull my calcaneus into eversion and, quickly looking at it, it, someone would say, oh, his foot's flattening. No, my foot is everting. My arch is still there. So that's where you, you know you can start to see the discrepancies and really start to look at the minutiae. But guess what? Here's the good news. You'd still foam roll the same musculature and you would still do an anterior tib and posterior tib. And every time you have me do an exercise where I'm standing up, you're going to have my feet pointing straight ahead. If you have me doing something, even like a plank, you're going to have my feet straight. So the good news is even if you don't have that eagle eye to separate that right now until maybe when you take one of our workshops, you're going to solve the problem by following our corrective exercise strategy.
1: See how beautiful that was. Your dysfunction just helped out so many people.
0: You know, it's, I'm so glad that me being dysfunctional at least has a positive outcome for others. I mean, hey,
1: you're a learning tool, Marty. You help us.
0: Boy, there's a lot of dysfunction. We're just talking about foot and ankle right now.
1: Wendy's for
0: 17 years, she could, <laughs> she could give you all of them.
1: Oh my goodness. Those of you guys that are joining Marty Miller and I on this week's Master Instructor Roundtable, we are digging a little bit deeper into one of the four primary subsystems with today being the lateral subsystems. So we've talked about the muscles that have made up this particular subsystem. We talked about the importance of what happens at the foot and ankle complex when when you're hitting the ground and how that can have some dysfunction within the frontal plane and the pelvic femoral stability that you have within the lumbopelvic hip complex. And so if we move forward, we wanna think about exercises to help correct that. And one of the ones that I love, and Marty's like, oh, I know you always put this here, but people do it wrong. Well, if you're my client, you're not going to do it wrong because I am going to make sure that you're doing things correctly, which I know all of our NASM trainers do the same thing and follow suit. So I have 100% confidence in you, but the side to side or the lateral tube walking, um, I think is, is so important because remember one of the muscles that really on on the same side we're, we're targeting is the, um, gluteus medius. And this exercise is a really good exercise to help activate specifically that area. So the outer hip is what we're focusing on. And when you're actually doing it, you place the band and it can be placed around the ankles. There's a a, a picture of it being placed around the knee. But what you're trying to do is make sure that the second and third toe and the knee and the hip all stay in line with, with each other as you're walking to the side. Unfortunately, when people are beginning to do it, they step and then their body follows. So they look like a teapot and that's not what you want to happen. So really good um, abs drawn in, really good five kinetic chain check alignment um, throughout this exercise, making sure that everything's moving as one unit. And then as you step, for example, if I'm stepping to my right side, I will pick up my left foot and bring it to where it's shoulder to hip width apart. And then I repeat so I don't drag that floating foot. Again, I've used the Michael Jackson slide so many times, but that's how I say, this is what I don't want. This is what I do want. And then I show my clients specifically what I do not want them to do and specifically of how it should be executed. And so to me, that one is one of my favorites. Um, You know, Again, by bringing the band above the knee, I mean, you're still going to target those areas, but especially if the knees and the arches tend to really cave in, putting it above the knee will help with that because they have to focus even more on those muscles that were allowing those compensations to me. A lot of it is on comfort and also execution. Sometimes it's easier to start with on your knees, I think, and then go to the ankles, but it really kind of depends on your client. So you can choose. Um, then of course the frontal plane or side step up to balance. I think is huge because again we're working that plane of motion specifically, but still engaging the the prime movers of the quads and the glutes, and then keeping good uh, neutral position within the lumbopelvic hip complex, which is again what we're trying to make sure stays activated correctly, and we maintain a neutral position. And then the other one I think is a is that a calf raise, Marty? Is that
0: what? Uh, it could be a single leg balance. It could be a single leg um, hop right. To hold, it could be a lot that of things. So, but, but
1: yeah. And then look at her, but see how she's kind of slightly turning her hips out a little bit. So that's one thing you would want to notice. And when they're going through anything, whether it's, you know, sagittal frontal or transverse plane, just make sure that again, that they have really good alignment. that They maintain those neutral um, or the, the five, kinet- five chain, kinetic Jesus, chain, five kinetic chain checkpoints I'm telling you, I, I don't know, maybe it's too much coffee. I get so excited about this. And then I'm like, messing it up. But anyway, all of these exercises are phenomenal. Any exercise that you do in the frontal plane with good execution is going to be very beneficial for the lateral subsystems. Yeah. But there's, yeah, there's plenty
0: more, right? Yeah. You can do speed ladder drills and the step up could be stabilization. It could be strength. It could be power. Yeah. You know, you're know, you just looking at then changing the acute variables. Even a pale off press has a component right, to the lateral mm-hmm. subsystem. The key thing is look at executing it as Wendy said with ideal form and technique because if you allow compensation you're going to get more of that so people are primarily not used to moving laterally so this is where you might have to get them to earn the right to get into a lateral subsystem it doesn't take long because there's things you can do that are easy but you really want to be specific with your exercise and your form of technique so they start improving their movement in this lateral subsystem Absolutely.
1: And and oftentimes too. remember, most people, especially when they're new to exercise, you will start them in the sagittal plane, but because everything we do in everyday life, it's important to train in all three planes. So as soon as you can, you can get them comfortable and moving correctly and get them moving in side to side motions or in the frontal plane, um, it's very, very beneficial because even when we walk, we sit, we run, the lateral subsystem has to kick in to help us move. And so we want to train that, um, as, as ideally as we can. Without a doubt.
0: So some key takeaways. So I'll take the first two, Wendy, and then I'll let you jump in here and bring it home. So the key thing, shockingly, have you assessed your client's ability to properly activate their lateral subsystem? When you're doing a movement assessment, if their knee adducts and internally rotates, that is telling you a lot, but part of it is now you can start to think of the subsystem. That lateral subsystem is not doing its job It's not stabilizing in that frontal plane. So yes, we talk about adduction and internal rotation, but now you can start thinking a little more of that subsystem. You know that there's going to be deficiency there. And are you training movements or muscles? We communicate to our client, hey, we're going to do this muscle and this muscle. But the goal eventually is to bring them into movement patterning, even if you never call it that for them. But with Wendy was talking to her client, hey, we're doing our tube walking, she knows it's time for me to target the lateral subsystem. And here's the appropriate exercise, here's the right tempo, here's the right intensity. You don't need to speak that way to your client. But we want you to always have that understanding of human movement science. And then yes, you make it fun and communicate to them in a way that they enjoy. Um, Some people want to know that. But professional, professional, we know what you're targeting when we see you do these exercises.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, are you implementing training in all phases you know, of training for your client? Again, we, we move in three planes. You need to train it all three planes. And then the last bullet is going to be talking about the exercises have exercises for all planes of motion. But if you notice that there is weakness based on the assessments that you're finding out. And now that you've listened to this incredible you know webinar, you're going to know specifically the muscles that really do make up this particular subsystem. Try to integrate a little bit more and feel more confident in the frontal plane, feel more confident in that you are you know, specifically working that subsystem, again, with the help of all four, but this one specifically, and you will end up seeing a lot of positive benefits in their movement patterns and then how they feel. Because ideally, the ultimate goal is your client needs to walk out of that gym feeling like 100%. And you, at the end of the day, should feel like I did everything in my ability to make sure that everything that they do today, they're going to be able to move better, feel better and perform better, no matter what it is. So, or whatever level they are.
0: Absolutely. And again, you know, we are going to do some follow-up. We'll see how many questions come in. You'll, you'll going to see our contact information here in a little bit, but I can promise you if you're dealing with an athletic population whether it's recreational, whether it's youth athletes or elite athletes or anywhere in between, if they are doing any type of running or jumping and cutting, if their lateral subsystem is not working, there will be problems.
1: Big problems.
0: Big. So Big. with that, Wendy, Huge. why don't you give all these Big. amazing people your I'm contacting. telling
1: you, if you haven't seen Pretty Woman, you will never follow me. But that was one of it.
0: Cute. What? Big.
1: Have you seen the movie Pretty Woman?
0: Of course.
1: OK, there is one when she walks in with her, her bags of all the shopping and she goes yes. into the place that denied her service in the beginning. Right. And she was talking about the mistake she made. She's like big, huge.
0: Mistake. Oh, yes. See? Without a doubt.
1: I'm telling you, you guys just I mean, I, I'm I'm telling my age, but that movie's phenomenal. Anywho. OK, if you want to, you know, email me about movies or anything else or questions <laughs> about anything that we've talked about or if there's future topics that you would like for us to discuss on the master instructor Roundtable, please, please, please feel free to email myself and or Marty. And you can do that by finding me at wendy.bats at nasm.org. Or if you're not a big email person, please reach out to me on Instagram and you can find me at wendy.bats13.
0: And I think a topic would be 80s movies. Cause I think that's the best genre of movies ever. Just personally.
1: <laughs> wow okay i you Come know on. 80s, I you 90s. Do too.
0: there's no question
1: it's anyway
0: good. my email address right up here is marty.miller at and then instagram is dr.martymiller72 so wendy always enlightening i'm glad you were able to use my dysfunction to help all of our amazing people and now i know that you're a big fan of pretty women so that's awesome so i learned something myself so <laughs> all of you that joined us today thank you so much please reach out let us know what else amazing content you'd love us to put out And we look forward to seeing you on next week's Master Instructor Roundtable.